0: ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily. It's Monday, April 17th, 2023. I know, Domini. Today's top story, a weekend of carnage in Chicago and Alabama. We're going to talk about that next. Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg claiming that roadway fatalities are up because of racism. And finally, a sign of the times, David's Bridal slashing 9,000 employees declaring bankruptcy as marriage rates spiral. In these United States, all this more ahead. Human Events Daily. I want to take a second to remind you to sign up for the Poso Daily Brief. It is completely free. It'll be one email that's sent to you every day. You can stop the endless scrolling, trying to find out what's going on in your world. We will have this delivered directly to you, totally for free. Go to humanevents.com/poso. Sign up today. It's called the Poso Daily Brief. Read what I read for show prep. You will not regret it. HumanEvents.com/poso. Totally free. The Poso Daily Brief.
1: You know, I'll never forget the profound words of former President Barack Obama, you know, when he said that if he were to have a son, he would have looked like Trayvon, and then you fast forward to Mike Brown, mm-hmm. um, Freddie Gray, um, you know, uh, Quantonio Legrier here in Chicago, who was having a mental health crisis, and the only equipment on the scenes on the scene were guns, and he's dead, and Betty Jones, his neighbor, who came to his defense, um, was uh, is is dead. And so this is really about making sure that people understand the context of the level of frustration uh, when you see Understood. that type of brutal over and over again, it certainly can be discouraging.
0: So if defunding the police isn't the answer, what do you plan to do with your resources? Is it less money or more money to police departments?
1: Well, it's it's more money towards the, the areas of needs, right? And as mm. I mentioned before, you know, we're working to double the amount of young people that we hire, um, not just for summer jobs but for year-round positions. Um, one of the things that I think is actually quite fascinating about um, our position here in Chicago, we've been pushing this ordinance called Treatment Not Trauma. In essence, first responders, uh, social workers, counselors, EMT, these individuals would show up to calls um, that, that require those type of interventions. In fact, in Chicago, almost 40% of the 911 calls are mental health crises we're asking police officers to do their job in someone else's mm-hmm. like that's not strategic in fact 60% of the violence that happens in the city of Chicago it occurs in 6% of the city
0: Look at this guy, Mayor Johnson, Brandon Johnson, Chicago, Illinois. You see what's going on there, the violence in the streets, the bodies that are piling up. And this guy says, and I've actually pulled the transcript because I want to go through this with you. He's making excuses for the violence. He says, this is really about making sure that people understand the context of the level of frustration. And when you see that type of brutalization over and over again, it certainly can be discouraging. Oh, you're discouraged of seeing that type of brutalization over and over. Okay. Because then he ties it to, I said, well, what are you talking about? He says, Trayvon Martin, Michael Brown, Freddie Gray, Quintonio Legria. So because these issues happened in Florida and Ferguson and Baltimore years and years ago, it's okay for a bunch of teenage hoodlums to run into town and smash everything up. That's exactly what he's saying here. That's specifically the argument that he's making. And then he's telling us, he says to us that when we see these images, we shouldn't consider this brutal. We shouldn't consider this violent because it isn't violent. This is a response. You see, this is a response. A riot is the language of the unheard, right? So the rioting is merely a response, but you're not allowed to get upset about the rioting. You're not allowed to have opinions on that. You're not allowed to have a reaction. You need to make, he and the mayor's making sure that you understand the context, that we understand the context. His next level is we're gonna put more resources to hiring young people. Oh, he's going to hire more young people to deal with this. So he's going to put badges on those guys who were just doing that and they're going to turn around and somehow the situation is going to magically get better. Like it's just going to magically change. Like some magic, you put magic clothes on people. Is that how it works? So you put magic clothes on someone and turn them into a police officer. And now suddenly you've, you've changed that person. Is that how that works? No, obviously that's not how that works. Um, And then he says, oh, and we're going to have first responders and EMTs and social. You're going to send the social workers in. When your downtown is getting torn apart, you're going to send what social workers in to deal with this. You're going to send people who, by the way, you don't know if somebody's got a gun. You don't know if somebody's got a knife. You know who doesn't? The social worker. Then down in Alabama, you had a, a sweet 16 party, four dead, 20 shot. Is that about understanding the context of the level of frustration? And they say, no, 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 no. That one's not about the context of the level of frustration. That one's about that's about gun control. That's about preventing people from having guns. If you if you get the guns out, let me ask you something. Are the majority of gun crimes that are committed in the United States done using lawfully purchased guns? Has an NRA member ever committed a mass shooting? Is that why that's going on? No, it's not. Absolutely not. It is inner city teens are the vast majority of these gun battles and the vast majority in many cases of these homicides. They're the reason for the in, steep incline that we've seen since the George Floyd riots. Why? Because specifically of what he is talking about right here, because of this policy of depolicing, because the depolicing that's come in since then, the fact that even if the money's going out, guess what? They're not making the stops. And if you're not making the stops, you're letting people go out, they know that they're not going to get caught. And if you don't have, right, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Well, guess what? In this case, for every inaction, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And so the inaction on the form of the police is allowing criminals to become more and more reckless. And it's letting more people know that if you go into this criminal behavior, because we've got Soros prosecutors all over the place, best ROI ever, right? 40 mil, there won't be repercussions. And meanwhile, President Biden is gonna go ahead and blame guns when we know that Daryl Brooks mowed down an entire parade full of people celebrating Christmas over in Waukesha with his car had nothing to do with, had nothing to do with guns. Killers are going to kill. I'm sorry. You have to deal with criminals. You're not going to be able to actually do this. But that being said, folks, Chicago voted for this. So you know what? Get out of cities, get out of cities, get out of Chicago. They want this. They want the murder. They want the bodies. They want blood running in the streets. Let them have it. But you make sure that you and your family are very, very far away.
1: We've got a crisis when it comes to roadway fatalities in America. We lose about 40,000 people every year. It's a level that's comparable to gun violence, and we see a lot of racial disparities. Black and brown Americans, tribal citizens, and rural residents much more likely to lose their lives, whether it's in a car or as a pedestrian being hit by a car. There are a lot of reasons uh, related to discrimination, related to uh, even the ways that roads are designed and built. Who has access to uh, a safe street design that's got crosswalks and good lighting? Who doesn't have that access? That can drive disparities. And we have a, a responsibility to act on that.
0: A responsibility to act on it. So you got Secretary of State there, Pete Buttigieg who says that fatalities are up on roadways because of discrimination, which means he's talking about racism being responsible for the increase in traffic fatalities of black and brown Americans. Okay. Does, does he actually believe that, and and let's go through this that if it's racism so that mean that would mean that essentially it's it's people of other races who are killing right so killing people on the roads they're being targeted so like roving bands of qAnon supporting white people driving people off the road because of the color of their skin or swerving into traffic and killing them, which I just mentioned Daryl Brooks in the last segment there. So that's obviously an example of that. But I, you know, the problem is, is, is Pete, you know, uh, yes, that was racism, but it's the, uh, you know, Waukesha was actually the exact opposite of the racism that you claimed because that was an attack on a Christmas parade predominantly made of white people by a black driver. So that's the opposite of what you just said. Um, that we can actually point to. It's one of the most, probably most famous car involved fatalities in the United States in recent history. Prior to that, of course, we used to see, uh, these sort of ISIS wannabes and uh, ISIS adherents would occasionally drive in a car, drive their cars into traffic down the side of the road. Uh, this happened in Brooklyn. This happened in other parts of the city, um, happened in, um, in Europe a few times. That's why, by the way, at the European Christmas markets, and you saw it in New York Christmas markets as well, they had to put up, they had to put their terror, their terrorism blockers before you could go in to the Christmas market. And so is that what's really going on? Mayor Pete, do you have, this is an absolute, like, okay, for, for, <laughs> you know, when they can they blame the, the, the right all the time. I'm sorry, I was just, just, it it drives me nuts. They, They blame the right of conspiracy theories all the time. And they say, all you people on the right, all you do are spread conspiracies, okay? What did Mayor Pete do right there? He blamed the rise of black and brown vehicular homicide fatalities on racism. Provides no evidence whatsoever To back this up, pretty much like the same time that all these guys invoke systemic racism or these, this, or though they'll use, you know, disparate impact or disparate representation and claim racism, even though that doesn't actually prove racism because you're taking away merit, you're taking away talent, et cetera, et cetera. So could there possibly be another explanation for this, Mayor Pete, could it be That when you dig into the numbers on this, that actually the increase, the sharp increase that we've seen is only directed towards black and brown drivers, but it's not involving drivers who are of other races. And turns out that it's actually drivers of the same race. So if that's the case, then how could that be racism? Or could it be that certain people are driving more recklessly on the highways than they ever would before because they're not getting pulled over as much? Why aren't they getting pulled over as much? Well, as we just said in the last segment, it's because of depolicing. Because you said that two men – and you were attacking police officers and attacking highway patrols, what have you, state troopers, calling them racist – For pulling over too many people that were black or brown and so with the whatever you want to call it in the wake of the george floyd riots the george the george floyd if we say the ferguson effect in fact james comey of all people used to talk about the ferguson effect well now we're seeing the floyd effect and the floyd effect is simply that that you are seeing these reckless driving incidents go up it's causing more fatalities because people aren't getting pulled over. Why aren't they getting pulled over? Because they're not making the stops. Again, you have the same situation. This is going on and more people are dying because the police have pulled back in response to your Bolshevik reform operations and your lies, Mayor Pete. Look, I don't know about you guys, but it takes a lot to shock me these days. But to see our judicial system resemble a third world banana republic, to see trusted American companies embrace insane and destructive woke ideologies is frankly depressing. We have to fight back, and that starts with the way that we spend our money. For years, big mobile companies have been dumping millions into far left-wing causes. And we've had to take it because another option didn't exist. Well, now it does. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, and they offer dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks. So you get the best service possible in your area without the wonk propaganda being pushed by leftists working hard to destroy this country. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you support free speech and religious freedom, the sanctity of life, Second Amendment, and our military veterans and first responder heroes. Their 100% U.S. based customer service team makes switching easy. How do you go? You just go to patriotmobilecom post. Poso, you will get free activation today with promo code POSO. Ask about their covered guarantee while you're there. PatreonMobile.com slash POSO. One of the largest sellers of wedding gowns is laying off thousands of employees. According to a notice filed to the Pennsylvania Department of Labor, David's Bridal is going to be laying off over 9,000 workers across the U.S. The layoffs began today and they'll run through August. These layoffs impact 15 stores within nine counties in Pennsylvania. That includes four locations in Allegheny County. David's Bridal told CNN the company is evaluating their strategic options and that a sale is underway. So this story I saw over the weekend and I just had to post it up because David's bridal. It's my neck of the woods, right? Uh, Southeastern Pennsylvania, the Philadelphia area, David's bridal was like, that's where all the girls in high school wanted to go work. That's where, you know, in college, when some girls started talking about getting married, that's, that's where you, or even for bridesmaids, you know, that's where you went for your dresses. That's where the girls all went. And, the idea that they're laying off now 9,000 people. And it's because a collapse in Americans getting married. Sign of the times. What does that say about where we are as a country? Where does that say about what we are? Now, obviously, you've got to point out that the COVID lockdowns clearly played a huge role in that because they disrupted so my cousin. She had to put off her wedding. So many people had to put off weddings because of that, and so what happened? Did you do the did some people do who are non-religious? Did they go do the courthouse thing? Did they put it off completely? Did they decide to have kids out of wedlock. Did they do just all the various things that you can do other than having a traditional wedding, right? That would lead to this. Well, they would say because they're going to say, well, what else are they going to do? Because we can't get married because the government won't let us get married somewhere. So that's I, I would put that as the number one reason for a spike in this collapse in the marriage rates but I do think there's two other situations that are more systemic let's use the great old and no it's not racism what we're talking about is number 1 just bad economics this idea that people who came and I keep saying this for millennials elder millennials and zoomers if you came up during the great recession You've been putting off family formation, you've been putting off having kids, you've been doing it later and later, you've been waiting later and later to have kids. The issue then becomes you aren't able to find somebody or you have issues settling down, you can't afford the house because you're constantly paying rent, the rent keeps getting jacked up. Now suddenly you're, you're losing your job because of covid and I always say this, that, I, you know, far be it for me to try to say that I could ever add something to Andrew Breitbart's famous adage. So Andrew Breitbart said politics is downstream from culture. But what I would submit as an addition to that, or just, just add on culture is downstream of economics. And if you're in bad economic times, then culture will follow. Absolutely. Absolutely will follow. And so... That's number one systemic issue. Number two systemic issue, I mean, it's so obvious, we talk about it all the time here, it's hookup culture, is this idea that we live now in a disposable society. We live in a society where I can order something, anything I want from a piece of glass in my pocket whenever I want it. If I want something from Amazon today, and I'll say, oh, it can't be here until the morning, how terrible the suffering I must endure if you can't be here within the next two hours, literally whatever you think of, if you live near one of the big uh, shipping hubs that Amazon has, same deal with food, whatever food you want, it is actually and literally comes directly from your fingertips. And then finally, what follows from that is your sexual partners. What are you in the mood for tonight? Who do you want to order over? That's what these apps, these hookup apps, specifically pushing. They're pushing a culture of disposable relationships. They're pushing a culture of one night stands. They're not pushing a culture that's calling for marriage. And that's one of the things that I've said for, I don't even know how many years since I started saying it, this phrase is totally caught on. Everybody says it now, be a rebel, start a family. So just be a rebel, start a family. And I was traveling this week, uh, this weekend, I should say down in Austin, We we had a huge event going on and uh, for once, for once in a while, I try to have my family with me whenever we travel. I really do. I miss them so much. And the boys, especially at this age, even if it's for, you know, a couple of nights that I really miss just being able to spend time being there with them and being them with their at this part in their lives, because we're learning to ride bikes. We're learning to catch fish. We're learning to uh, do work, you know, do, you know, light yard work, weeding, watering the flowers, little things like that as we go into spring here in uh, the uh, the DC area. And this idea that not having a family or not having family life has been so normalized, what do you replace that with, you replace it with junk, you replace it with empty calories, you replace it with the carbs of entertainment and Netflix, and so many other things that just dazzle us and distract us, but ultimately are meaningless ultimately are completely meaningless. So I always throw it out there. I say, number one, be a rebel, start a family. Next next one is go to church. Just go. Just go there. Just go to we need to start going back to church. Everybody needs to start going back to church. And you see, there's all these exorcism movies that are coming out right now. Go see all of them. Go some because we have to normalize the idea that there's evil in the world. We know that it's out there. We have to renormalize these ideas that we actually built all of our society upon. Because we. you have to understand folks, memento mori, you will die. You are never going to be as young as you are right now. So what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? And I'll tell you something, since I did mention that I was down in Austin this past weekend with, um, with some friends, I wanted to play a little clip that we have for you from that event.
1: By my pillow. Um, Did you know Jack Masovic secretly married Mike Lindell
0: two years ago in Las Vegas? Alex, you told, I told you that in confidence. You said you would be our witness if I paid you off. The difference is I'm marrying him, he's mine. <laughs> I saw him first, that, it was that mustache. It began with that dang mustache. It's a sexy bar there. You could
1: talk to him if you'd like. Mike Lindell's up there? Don't get too excited. Oh, my God. Is Mike Lindell really here tonight?
0: He's been drinking some Bud Light, folks. Sorry about
1: that. He's entertaining as hell. We need to get him down here. No, Jack and I battle over Mike Lindell. He was married to him for a month, me for a month. It's
0: like a. We'll join custody.
1: We're having a child. It was Super Mario Brothers.
0: We're having a child. It's Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, so that was us down there joking about marriage, joking about love, joking about Mike Lindell. But folks, let me tell you something Alex Jones may have exposed my secret marriage to Mike Lindell, but I exposed the fact. That Alex Jones loves Bud Light. <laughs> no, that was a great event. It was the Minds Conference, Minds IRL. Teamcast IRL was the night before. Uh, it was really good time. We brought people together from all sides of the aisle. You can't see, but there's other... Another side of the aisle there is Destiny, uh, some other folks from the left or the center parts of the aisle, whatever you want to call it. Great event. Go check it out on Rumble if you didn't get a chance to see it. While you're there, make sure you subscribe to Human Events Daily. Also, subscribe to us on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Leave a review if you have a chance. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay a